where I check in with friends around the world to see how the global pandemic has affected them. My name is Angela Callender, I am your host, and today we are broadcasting per my Zoom background from Café du Monde, a very empty, spooky Café du Monde. Um, If you have been following the podcast, you know I'm cycling through photos that I took uh, in the early stages of lockdown around New Orleans. Um, when the whole city was pretty empty and spooky. Today we're going to Kazakhstan to catch up with my friend Alex. We met on a plane from Minneapolis to Washington DC last summer Um, and we'll get into that later. Um, A podcast about a global pandemic is inherently a little bit heavy but I mostly keep it pretty light. I joke around with the guests, we give each other a hard time, we learn about each other's countries and stuff. Um, but I will just briefly go on a little more serious note because I realized that the day that I met Alex was actually the last day that I saw an uncle of mine who was very ill with cancer at the time. That was August of 2019, last year. And right around this time, uh, November 2019, he ultimately died of cancer. And of course, it was sad for my family, um, but we've also been in the weird position of kind of knowing that we were lucky that he died when he did because he was able to be surrounded by family, Um, his wife and my cousins, my grandmother, and even my mom from Virginia visited him many times in the, the last part of his life. And knowing that if he had lived a few months longer, everyone would have been deprived of that. And knowing so many people have been deprived of that is just a really weird feeling. And um, it's tragic, really. And the pandemic has just taken so much from so many people and um, don't really know where to go from that. But uh, this one's for Uncle Pete, who would have never in a million years expected that I'd be hosting a podcast about a pandemic and dedicating a Kazakhstan episode to him. So here's to life keeping us all on our toes, I guess. All right. Well, thank you to my friend Alex, or how do you pronounce your name? I know that's the name that you give people who are English speakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy for you. Okay. <laughs> Alex, go ahead. Um, and he is joining us from Kazakhstan, which is really exciting because, as I informed him, that uh, there was a big event here in the United States on Tuesday, which was the election. And when I went to my friend's house to watch the returns come in that night, we were like, you want to just watch the new Borat movie instead? <laughs> and so that's what we did. And it was just funny to me that... I can say Yakshimash. Yakshimash. <laughs> Um, and is that is that a real Wawa Yeah, I, I can't remember if those things were from the original movie, but I've been saying Wawa Wiwa uh, yeah. all week. Yeah. Are either those like actual expressions that get said there, or is that a, a strict Boratism? I have no idea where where, where he did get these phrases. <laughs> but, yeah. 
Yeah, I remember um, when the first movie came out, I was studying Russian in college, and my TA was this man, Sergei, he was from Russia, and he was not really amused by it at all, and he hated that in the word Borat, they use like the Russian D in place of the A. He's like, it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's always funny. And you, you said you did see the movie as well, and you thought it was funny. Yeah, it's about the way how you receive it. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. if you receive it, like, in the, in terms, oh my God, he said that. Like, oh, <laughs> oh my. And of yeah. course, the, the butt of the jokes really at the end of the day is America. So, <laughs> like... <laughs> exactly. I mean, exactly. Exactly. Second part is all about America. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, um, Alex and I met on a plane last summer that was sort of funny because neither of us were actually supposed to be on that plane. If I recall correctly, I had had a flight from uh, Minneapolis to. Baltimore canceled um, and I had to fly into DC instead and it turned into this because my car was parked at Baltimore I had to metro and then take the train and take an uber all to get to Philadelphia that night um, and you were coming from out west somewhere was it California or was it Arizona uh, well my initial flight was like kind of um, LA via Phoenix to Washington DC Mm -hmm. And then I was stuck in Phoenix. Uh, it was like overnight flight, and I stuck there, spent the night, and then flew early in the morning to um, what, what city was that? Like uh, Minneapolis. Minneapolis, yeah. And yeah. then from You're Minneapolis, just like, some to... random city in the middle of America. <laughs> exactly. It was like shit. Like instead of a like a quick flight, I, I just did all the way around. Like and then yeah. yeah. I've met you. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and you were going on such a big trip in the United States. Now you technically get to add one more city to the list of places that you've Oh, been. yeah, exactly. I've been to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as you were saying to me when we were catching up a little bit yesterday, um, one of the drawbacks of the pandemic experience there in Kazakhstan is that you are so limited to your travel. So you were excited to have had exactly. the opportunity to do some traveling yeah, last yeah. year. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, so on that note, uh, you are you're based in the capital, correct, Almaty? In no, uh, it's a post capital, so it's a previous one now. The the capital is Nur Sultan. Okay. Previously, it called Astana, but um, I think a year ago, um, or maybe a bit more, like um, the government we got like a new president elected. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, we, I know how that is. <laughs> yeah, and we named the capital after the first president of Kazakhstan. So this, the, that person had been in power since the fall of the Soviet Union, basically? Yeah, 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 yeah. From the initial start, like, yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's not like America every four years election, and you have a new president, or some, somehow you have a like, battle for the, being a president. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, we have the elections, but you know the result all the time. Okay, and what was his name, and what is the name of the capital now? It's a uh, Nur Sultan, and the second name is Nazarbayev. Okay. Probably you, you in in Borat, he, he was mentioning about that. Like, well, uh, the what I met, what I recognized more from Borat was Almaty, because I'm like, oh, Alex posts video. Oh yeah, there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was talking about Almaty quite often there, like using it. Yeah. Referred. 
But uh, Almaty in that um, in the movie is portrayed as this kind of podunk small town. Uh, yes, so yes, and yes. and it looks quite different in your um, portrayal of the city. And oh, I, I was just looking yeah. up the population; it's like two million people, like sort of about the size of Phoenix. To basically, Almaty is like uh, what our expat people who's living here and working they calling it like a hidden gem, mm-hmm. and that's. Uh, and the word, that's true. If you get a good package here, you can live like a rock star. <laughs> and uh, is that your situation? Are you still working at a school doing media stuff? Yeah, I yeah, that. that's what I, I do. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. I do. Yeah. Thanks to God. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah. is that where your family also lives, or did you come to the city to have better job opportunities? No, no, no. I, it's my hometown. Mm-hmm. So originally, like my family also lived here. Like. Um, like all of them. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So, yeah. Um, cool. And so what was your day-to-day life like in the city or, um, you know, you, you, you do like to travel. So how often were you traveling and, um, and before, before March, what did your life look like um, from day to day? Well, if you're going to say like, um, if you're going to split the, the time before the like lockdown and mm-hmm. after, Mm-hmm. So before the lockdown, like, because we live, like, basically close to Kyrgyzstan, like, which is basically, like, a couple hours drive from me. Um, and also you can, like, fly somewhere. And it was okay. Like, I mean, you could plan your trips and, um, and like, spend your vacation. Like, like last year I went to America. So um, um, this year, like, basically when the lockdown started and we like, okay, that's real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's not like somewhere like um, happening far away from us. It's not touching us. Mm-hmm. So after the lockdown, we've been locked for, I think, around like a couple months. Since March, and that's when it started here. In, in... Yeah, yeah. Basically, basically, yeah. Our lockdown started in, in April, I believe, like in the first or like first of April, I think the okay. lockdown started. So we were quite limited on going out so you can go out to, to the shop or like and you can't drive, like, I mean, only specific people can drive, or, like, you need to give, get the permission. Mm-hmm. Um, Did it, was that so, dependent on your job, like, if you had a, a job? Yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of. I was kind of a driving, like, from, my, like, my place to parents' place. Um, but um, basically, if police stops you, you need to have, like, a, a, like kind of an excuse to tell them, like, why you're doing that. And did you get stopped by police? Was that like a, a real um, thing that people ran into? I, or? I wasn't, but in the city, we had like a blog post in the different places. So if you drive through them, you, you need to have like a valid pass or <clears throat> something that... Oh, like a, like a checkpoint station or something? Kind of a checkpoint, yeah. Okay. Checkpoint station, let's say, yeah. So And also on the like a perimeter of the city, we have like a blog post like a checkpoint post, but mm-hmm. uh, basically nobody could get out from the city and get into the city. And is that so, still the case, uh, or has have the rules of the lockdown gotten a little less strict over time? Um, yeah, I mean, we had like a national, like, I mean, like whole country quarantine, like lockdown, and then it's it became a bit less. So we have like kind of a quarantine time. So when you have to wear a face mask, and you shouldn't be socializing too much, like, and just obey some rules, mm-hmm. you know, get into the crowded places, 
and also we had like I mean the shopping malls were closed for a long time and quite many shops like which are big were closed for a long time then they reduced the retention and they decided to open them only on the business days but the weekends were closed and so on so on so far we have now like pretty much everything is operating that seems like the it's it's coming to another lockdown because we got like the the numbers increasing mm. up yeah and but... we have no idea is it true or like is it just the numbers or mm. like you don't know what to believe in like yeah and was was that always sort of the case i was going to ask because um i know russia for instance was pretty they, they didn't really want to share their information it seemed like they were really denying it and i was wondering what kind of the the relationship between Kazakhstan and Russia is at this point and like are they a, an in, a positive influence like kind of whatever like Russia is like thinking and saying that that influences Kazakhstan in the same way or is there like considerable distrust given the the history with Russia I think in terms of how we facing the the covid like in Kazakhstan and Russia is a bit different we have different experiences because right now I think in Russia they they facing really tough time in terms of the the cases are going up rapidly and um we faced something similar like during the summertime I think when basically I knew people like my friends or friends of a friends like who were like touched by covid and some of the um, deaths like fatalities level just went up and and that was real and at that time like at that moment of time every single of us like who lives in Kazakhstan understood that, that the situation is real like and people like can get sick and some people can die eventually mm-hmm. not all of them but um like pretty much those who's um who's old enough and who whose immune system isn't strong enough mm-hmm. they are in a risk um on the on the risk side yeah um but now we don't have like we know that covid is around us but um we don't feel that every single one is getting sick or it's somewhere around us we we just know like every time like i just read the the daily news here in kazakhstan and um basically the the situation is that um like yesterday we had like a, maybe like a 500 cases today we have like a 650 So I'm going to read up tomorrow and I can tell you what we we have in at that time like tomorrow like mm-hmm. uh, I think the number is going to go up um and yeah so and presumably in a place like Almaty uh the, the risk was higher um and and maybe there were stricter measures that were put in place than in more some of the countryside areas where there is not such a a dense population or Do you know or... what can I say that in the countryside we have like now stricter conditions than in Almaty okay because what I've heard like because I went on a bike trip yesterday to the countryside and all all restaurants were shut so only takeaway mm-hmm. but you can't just stay there have chill like and um and have food and drinks uh, no way it was shut so and other cities across the Kazakhstan not not only the cities i think the areas like a uh, kind of like a uh, states or provinces they've been shot like with uh, checkpoints where they're mm-hmm. measuring and you have if you want to leave that uh, province 
you have to show the kind of a negative um, COVID check test. Got it. And have you been tested? Like, what is the availability of testing? Um, uh, yes, it's all available. You can test it out. I've been tested like uh, when, like in, in September. So I was negative, but mm -hmm. um, I, I think there is a bit like a pointless of taste testing like because um okay you you're positive okay you just i mean if you if you're sick you're sick you just better stay at home <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and the recommendations about testing seem to change yeah. all the time too because when it first came out there just weren't that many tests so it was like well we yeah. can't have everybody getting tested you can really only get tested if you're symptomatic <laughs> but then it was like but if you're symptomatic you've already had it for like so long like a, yeah. like the week-long incubation you've already been spreading it to people in that time yeah. and if you're symptomatic like not that you know, like it, it does make sense to get tested at that point, but it, like the point of testing for me was like to prevent the spread and to catch it early and, and to keep yeah. people at home, yeah. maybe who don't know it. But I, of course I did understand the logic. And then I think uh, when I was talking to the guys in Spain, they mentioned something that was what we experienced here, which was that you could get tested, but then they were so backed up on processing the tests that it would take maybe sometimes two weeks to get your results. And then how is that helpful either? If you know that two yeah. weeks ago, you tested positive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's exactly. been um, kind of a hard, a hard thing to keep up with. Um, when you went and got tested, was that just because you were curious and wanted to check or did your work ask that you do that? Um, or? I'm wondering, like, how much is the test price in in America? Like, if you want, if you're just curious, and you want to go for a test, like, how much do you pay for that? Like, so this has been the crazy thing. Um, it's been free, which, as you might know, okay. yeah, and and it's different place to place. Um, the uh, I'm sure it depends on insurance. I'm sure it depends on how bad it was in, in your state. And for whatever reason, I haven't, I'm sure there's an answer. I probably should look it up since I talk about it on my podcast pretty often. But like Louisiana doesn't have like great funding for almost anything. Like we're always known for not offering very many services or anything. And we were a hot spot early on because of Mardi Gras um, when you know so many people come to New Orleans and are in very close quarters and, and everything. Um, so because of that, we had to take it very seriously very early on. And then Louisiana had one of the best testing programs in the country. And I don't know who's funding it. Like I don't know who has provided these tests, but I got tested, I think, three times on my own, and they had like tr drive through stations, they had at this clinic, they had um, mobile pop-up ones that would, would turn up, oh. and I, it was it was pretty cool, and again, just not something that we're really used to as Americans, but like, and I don't even have health insurance right now, like, um, that I could just go without insurance and, and get the test, and now I'm working on a TV show where they test us three times a week. Everybody on the show, we get tested Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And if you didn't get tested like two days before a time you're supposed to be on set, you can't be there. Like a girl um, was in a minor car accident on her way to get tested on a Friday. And so she missed her testing window and she just couldn't come to work on Monday or Tuesday because she came on Monday to get tested and then oh, on Wednesday had her result back and was clear to come. So it's, it's, um, in these industries where 
I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it, like the sports world and, and the entertainment industry that now there's all these tests available. Like we're getting tested all the time um, because this is where the priorities lay or whatever. So, so, so how's the test running in your country like? I mean, do they like get the stick in your nose like and mm-hmm. touching somewhere deep inside your brain, right? <laughs> yeah, some people are more gentle than others when they administer the but test. You probably got used to it, right? I've gotten a little used to it and also um one of the people who gave it to me early on suggested that I like breathe slowly out of my nose while it's happening. And so um it probably makes for a better test too, just like putting more particles on the test. And it also both psychologically and just like I don't know, bodily, it like feels good to just like exhale slowly while the thing is going up your nose. It's because otherwise, you know, you feel like you're suffocating (laughs) on it or something. So (laughs) if you're not trying to breathe in, it's okay. So yeah, that's the, that's the testing thing. Um, but so yeah, and, and how is it working at a school? Like, um, and is it, is it just, what kind of school do you work at? I'm working in the independent school. Okay, like a like a private international school like or it's something. A international school, yeah, private one. Okay, yeah. and so did you have to abide by the same rules as the like public schools that went back, or or what were the um, rules in terms of? Say- we have basically the whole like um, educational sector. I mean, the, everything like whatever is happening in Kazakhstan is obeyed by the rules of a local um, like a city city doctor like. The one who's in charge of uh, the whole epidemi- epidemiological like mm-hmm. situation within the city, the one who's like given the restrictions, setting the restrictions and given the permissions about what and how is when operating mm-hmm. every kind of a business. So about the school educational sector, uh, we had like a, like a primary uh, offline education at school and who's like older, mm-hmm. uh, like secondary school, uh, uni, they, um, they doing offline course, online course, sorry. Online yeah. courses, um, yeah. with no hybrid option. Like that's just the only option that they have. Well, we, we, we have kind of like a bubble classes. Okay. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. But, um, they are working only till certain level, like mm-hmm. the higher classes, they like, yeah. I mean, the grades, which is like from year seven, like for and higher, they, they do like home education. Got it. And then um, the teachers and the students who do come to school, I'm guessing there's mask requirements and that kind of thing. Um, basically all, <clears throat> I'm not sure how it's working in local schools, but they have a bit of support from school and they have maybe some resources from the school, like books or like uh, I think the laptops they've been given out now, because um yeah, because for Kazakhstan that situation is pretty new. Like I mean, in terms of how to logistically mm-hmm. make the whole thing working, but mm-hmm. I think we screwed up a lot. <laughs> the like national national educational system um, didn't work well enough, so we had lots of issues and complaints. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of school systems are, nobody's had to do this before, right? So like everybody is just kind of making it up as they go and, oh, yeah. who's that? 
Hello, my dog. I went to bring him inside before we started, and he right. was just out chilling with my neighbor. Um, there's six units in my apartment building, and he's yeah. best, he's best friends with everybody. And <laughs> I have one neighbor. He likes to just like sit out there. He burns incense, and he has this little garden that he planted, and he sits in his garden. Yeah. And Ollie was just out there at his feet, and I was calling for him, and he looked up at me and just kind of like, no, I live here now. <laughs> and so I asked my, I'm like, right. are you going to be out here for an hour? He's like, I will be exactly in this position in an hour. Right, I'm like, well, I'll leave him with you then. He seems happy. Um, and okay. So you said that with, when I, yeah, excuse that brief aside about my dog. Okay, um, no worries. I know, I know you love your dog. So. <laughs> I know I, he doesn't get brought up enough on the podcast, honestly. Um, <laughs> But uh, so, yeah, you said you think that there were some mistakes made in the school. And do you, do you mean that they shouldn't have brought people back the way that they did and that they put too many people at risk or that um, people aren't learning well enough through the online schooling or? I think the lack of, uh, of planning, probably. Uh, the thing is that uh, it's like all looks very well on the paper, mm. the whole plan. But in the real life, it didn't work well. <laughs> and yeah. then, so it's like they, they planned very well. Like, I mean, every single step that, okay, online learning, we're going to have like a, like a good internet connection to every single family, like, and all those things. But, um, but the families weren't ready. I mean, because when you have your child at home, and it means that you basically, you help helping him all the time like and you have issues like um even the zoom was wasn't smooth enough in the beginning like when the whole pandemic started when it was actively using mm -hmm. starting like basically used by people and uh, i've heard like so many parents were kind of a paranoid of the whole situation they were frustrated in terms that like in the past you just kind of a that's your child you bring him to school, yeah. leave him here, leave him break. <laughs> yeah, and you just kind of uh, see him in the end of the day at home, and he's doing his homework or whatever, like going to bed and sleeping, and the next day happening the same. But this time, um, the child, uh, he's got like a stay at home, trying to get all the uh, information online, and obviously he won't get that all clearly because like, well, we have to learn and they, mm. I mean, somebody learns well, somebody not. And, um, and the parents were quite, quite annoyed at the whole situation that they kind of are acting as the teachers, as mm -hmm. the mentors, yeah. and they have to look after, kind of, uh, they cannot go anywhere. They kind of are in a bad position with work as well due to the pandemic time. Um, and might, they might just lost the job. So, and, and the child is being frustrated because he's got pressure from school, pressure from his parents, and also he's not socializing with his peers. So he's um, kind of a, he wants to go back to school, but he can't do that because at school he's kind of a, in his own society with his friends, having a laugh, and um, just doing whatever he wants to, like, I mean, in terms of uh, spending time. But now he's, like, have so much pressure on him. 
Because mm-hmm. in the end, he needs to show the result, like, but um, it's pretty difficult probably to show the result. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good summary of, of the way that both parents and students reacted to it. Um, when I was still Uber driving a couple months ago, I picked up a mom and her little preschool kid who were going to school for the first time because it had just been allowed. They were doing um, like half the kids would come one day and half the kids would come another uh-huh. day, kind of like you're saying the bubble classes. Um, and I asked the little boy, like, oh, are you excited to go back to school? And he was kind of shy. He didn't really want, I was, you know, I was a stranger. He didn't want to act, um, super talkative to me, but Uh the mom was like, oh, he's like acting shy now. But yesterday he was just telling me how happy he was. He was going back to school. He's going to see his friends. He's going to, you know, the, the conception is that kids hate school, right? Like. Eh, teachers yeah yeah, that, yeah yeah exactly but, exactly but, but when it comes down to it like maybe they don't <laughs> when it just comes down to that situation like i mean yeah exactly i mean in the in the beginning <laughs> like um students like pupils they were hating the school they were like kind of a dreaming of a like just to stay at home get sick maybe and stay like a day or two at home like enjoy their time Mm-hmm. But now it's basically the the dreams came real. They mm-hmm. now at home, <laughs> like starting from home, there is no need to go anywhere. But they um, understood that it, it's not working the way how it should be working for them. And yeah. they would like to go back to school and uh, socialize, and um, and yeah, and just um, communicate with others. Yeah, the classic "be careful what you wish for" situation, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And in your in your role at the school, I as I recall, you you're not a teacher, is that right? So did you actually have like to that. deal with parents or anything like that um, in your role, or was, was um, that more just um, you relaying your colleagues' experiences? I'm basically not dealing with parents a lot, but um, right now, what I can say, because I'm a media person there, mm-hmm. so I'm preparing the content. So in the past, many events could be in a school, like assemblies or like um, different other events. And it could be like kind of a, you do that, pass that, and like, that's it. But now everything went to online because we need to show like, um, because part of the school offline, part of the school online, and all the messages from a headmaster like a head teacher, like I mean, different leaders, they are passing out through like a video message. So right now it's like more accents on a video format and distributing uh, clearly the messages that should go to public or to parents. So that's like kind of a more load on that mm-hmm. now. Yeah, it's, yeah. When I was reminding myself what it was that you do. I'm like, oh yeah, but he's got a lot of work. <laughs> he's, the, he's the media guy at the school and now everything yeah. is like extra, extra media oriented. Yeah, exactly, um, yeah. Is there any um, real, and I, I feel like the answer has to be yes, like for any school at any country in the world, but is is there a sense that students are falling behind um, and and that this is the, the um, just basically that this is not the ideal learning situation for them? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much, I mean, it, it's tough. I mean, I think right now the, the students, um, the pupils who's going to school, not to the uni, 
mm-hmm. university, they they basically acting out as uh, students, as a mature students, like uh, from the university, because uh, they they do not get like a teacher attention, mm-hmm. like in the class. Mm-hmm. They they have teachers through the computer, by computer, by like uh, cell phone. Mm-hmm. So it's like the same how you talking to me, I'm talking to you, but in that case, you're a teacher, I'm a student, and you just and you're telling me the new information, and I'm like a well, let's say like um, nine years old, or ten years old, or like thirteen years old, and I need to understand that information, um, that it's different compared if you're gonna be in the classroom. And you're gonna be kind of a telling me, and I can feel the real presence of you. Mm-hmm. And you see that, okay, I'm stuck there. Okay, I'm gonna go and help him, maybe describe and um, tell me in the other way or a bit more. But in this way, you just, I'm just kind of a receiving the information, trying my best to understand that what's happening. If I don't understand, I need to go into books or into my writings and get back and like I might just kind of email you back but again there is no real contact mm-hmm. it's all about like uh, just like in the university I'm a professor here's a lecture if you listen to it carefully you got the subject if you didn't listen to it it's your problem mm-hmm. yeah that's an interesting point like maybe there's an element of of falling behind in some cases but at the same time an element of kids have to mature a little bit more and um, become a little more responsible yeah that is an interesting way of looking at it and then you had mentioned um with parents losing jobs and everything um what did the government do in terms of providing financial support to people who had lost their job you're gonna laugh a bit like i mean maybe um, (laughs) or maybe not during the lockdown, because I've heard like what well, well, the money was in America for people who, I mean, for every single one, I think you got some money, right? Um, yeah, the first, there was a $1,200 stimulus, um, you yeah. know, within the first couple of weeks that basically anybody I mean, could get. And then from there, an extra $600 was added sure. per week to yeah. um, the existing unemployment benefits. <laughs> I can tell you um, here, we had like a um, like a help from the government, which was valid for those who lost their jobs or who were kind of like on the on the like um, like endless vacation until the situation is going to be clear enough. So we had like a, a hundred bucks per month. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, is that is that as little as it sounds? Like or or that's the minimum wage. I mean okay. that's the minimum salary which is set by the government. So they okay. kind they kindly gave it to people. Oh. <laughs> but what what's a hundred dollars? It's it's um, yeah. you can I mean it's um you can go to the restaurant and spend them. <laughs> <laughs> In like one meal, yeah. It's um, like, um it's impossible to survive on it, but yeah, right. they were kind of a proudly giving it to people. <laughs> and so what did people do like did people like really strive to go back to work sooner um i mean are, are there people who are like really really struggling now as a result of the that? problem is that um basically uh the the big companies they were still operating and the people like who who was working there like they they were kind of on a 
like on the salaries, right? Mm -hmm. But those people who were running like a, like a cafes, for example, like a restaurant business, mm -hmm. they were quite in a bad situation because all the restaurants were shut and they were kind of uh, only working for the like a takeaway that basically the takeaway couldn't cover the like the rents and all the other things. Mm -hmm. And quite a lot of businesses, like, I mean, because uh, at the lockdown, uh, basically every single shop was shut and people couldn't kind of afford again to um, have the employees in this, like, like the yeah. salaries paying out. Um, mm -hmm. So they just uh, kind of uh, said like, in terms of, uh, okay guys, sorry, we can't do anything. Like, I mean, we just, um, we're in the same situation as you are. Like, mm -hmm. like, and people went out to the, like, let's say the endless vacation, as I mentioned. <laughs> so, so until the situation was clear enough, so right now we're getting back to life, but who knows? Yeah, more or less people are striving to kind of, some of them not in the best situation. Did you ever um, have to collect the unemployment? Like had you technically lost the job at the school at any point or were you not in that situation? No, we, we're okay with that. I mean, it, it, in our school, we're all stable. Okay, that's good. Was there also support, even if it was small and insubstantial, provided to small businesses and that type of thing? Or was it mostly given on a personal level? I think the problem is that um, here we, we, I mean, our laws um, are not kind of adjusting too quickly to the situations. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a, a new experience for all of us. Like, I mean, so nobody understood like or know how to face it and how to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And obviously, like, um, when everything happened, there were quite a lot of complaints and issues to resolve, and nobody knew how to make it, how to make the good solution. So they did, um, they were like ups and downs all the time. Mm -hmm. So that in terms of what's happened here, uh, um, honestly, I, I don't know, like, I think there, there are more downs than ups. Mm -hmm. And so, I'm, I'm guessing other people feel that way as well. And so have there been, I don't know if you've seen the coverage of the type of unmasked protests that people were having in different places in the United States, like, you know, end the lockdown, we don't believe in this masking stuff. Did people ever rise up in that way in, in Kazakhstan or, or were people pretty willing to go along with, with what they were being told to do? Well, to be honest, like here we, we quite strict on masks now. Mm -hmm. So you can be like, um, get a fine for being without a mask. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kazakhstan is not about kind of a, kind of a warn you about, okay, just wear the mask. We won't penalty you. Here it's like more like we like a prosecution. <laughs> <laughs> if you, if you like failed, you're going to get like a, <laughs> a ticket. <laughs> And there is no way you can go on strike or like shout it out. We, we kind of are like a, a bit like a we, we democratic country, but you, you cannot go out and still and a little shout authoritarian out. in some way. Yeah, like, uh, like the things happen in, Amer in America, like and um, affect the whole states. Mm -hmm. No, it's impossible. It's going to be <laughs> cut, cut from the beginning. Yeah, I think there are claims of hypocrisy that get made because 
like the um, the social justice marches and like Black Lives Matter uh, protests and even some of the like I was watching the speeches from Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Sorry, Kamala Harris. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got to make sure I start pronouncing that right. Um, last night, you know, on the radio, they're like, and they were socially distanced in cars. And I was like, I saw the footage. They were outside of their cars and most of them were wearing masks. But so I try to, and I think it does make a big difference if you're in a big group and you're wearing a mask. Like that was how I rationalized going to the protests when I did because I looked around and it was like, okay, well, everybody here seems to be, you know, at least attempting to keep their germs to themselves um so yeah it's always yeah it, but another thing that the virus won't go anywhere like i mean we we we, we have to live with that mm -hmm. now yeah and it's not gonna be kind of a okay where's the mask and it's gonna kind of eliminate itself mm -hmm. like yeah disappear i mean no way it's gonna be like i mean it's it, it just uh either we have like a um antivirus uh -huh. which is, or some people believe yeah it's pretty scared to be injected by it like mm -hmm. you have no idea what they're going to be the consequences after yeah yeah uh, I, I, want, I want that i want that vaccine to be heavily vetted before before i get it and the yeah, other thing exactly. i remind myself of is that like even if I wanted to be, I wouldn't be the first person getting the vaccine. Like there's a whole slew of other populations, like you were saying, the the older people, the more at risk populations. So yeah, in, yeah. on one sense, I feel like I kind of don't even have to worry about yeah, it like, because like so many let, other people. Let, let, let them die first after the vaccination. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're saying. No, that's not, it's not what I'm saying. It's not what I'm saying I think is best. I'm just like, I know that's how it's going to happen. Like I know that like I'm not the person who's going to get the, the vaccine first. <laughs> you know, you just try to find the like, anything to make your own stress level go down and it's like well i don't need to stress about whether i i do or don't want to take the vaccine because it's not yeah. going to be made available to me anyway yeah. uh, <laughs> but i mean it's yeah I, I hear what you're saying as well yeah. um how, how how was it for your parents um like did you say you you got to see them or did they quarantine by themselves my mom is quite kind of a, in the in the group of people who doesn't believe in the coronavirus too much <laughs> <laughs> she's like it's a, just a regular virus come on like i mean it's like mm -hmm. a flu or uh -huh. whatever like i mean we we have like been sick for all our lives like i mean every like <laughs> seasonal not, sick, like, it's so, not like, funny like, but like, it's the way you're presenting it it's funny to me yeah <laughs> so, um yeah we just um yeah, you know, like people like the post-Soviet people, they, they do not believe in kind of like quite a lot of things like. Yeah, well, or like you're saying, like, I've been through some shit, man. Like, I like bring on a coronavirus. Yeah. Like, like I've seen a lot in my day, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I can understand that yeah, attitude yeah. for sure. Um, and then sort of <laughs> yeah. on that note, you, you already mentioned, I, I asked the question about Russia, but I, I normally towards the end ask people um, how on their radar the situation in the United States is and um, what the reactions or judgment of the situation is. Um, but for you, I would extend that to, to Russia or to China or like the other like kind of major countries in your area that I realize might get more attention than the United States would. I think, well, I, I haven't been watching the media coverage, but I think now all the world like stick to the United States without elections. <laughs> well, yeah, that's for, that's for sure. Cause I was. Yeah, it's like we have some kind of a jokes. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's like about the elections that mm -hmm. um, 
uh, basically it's, the jokes come from Russia, but mostly most of them like, okay, we don't have any other problems in Russia apart from we watching the elections in America, like, and how the heck America and Russia is connected, but. Right. Um, was there, because I mean, for us, there was the, the whole thing like, oh, Russia helped um, Trump win in 2016. There was a lot of like social yeah, yeah, media yeah, yeah. In, campaign yeah. influence and stuff. Um, yeah. Is is that what the understanding is considered to be there as well? Or is, do people in Kazakhstan and Russia think that that is incorrect and just an American conspiracy theory or... Uh, well, what's the framing of this we, we have like part of the people like up for Trump, uh -huh. part of the people um, don't care, like basically uh -huh. some of them up for Biden. But um, basically, why, I, I'm going to tell you that I think in this part of the world, like, I mean, uh, why, why we don't like Biden, I mean, the negative part about Biden, that he's quite old. Sometimes he's not saying the, the things that he wants to say. He's doing it like in a different way, <laughs> and that, like what all people like have on their mind. I mean, they they sometimes they cannot express clearly what they want to. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing that um, about like Trump was kind of a uh, talking directly. Yeah. In terms of his thoughts and vision, this guy he's like have something in his brain, but he's saying completely different thing, and then oh my god, I said that wrong. Like okay, I'm gonna. <laughs> Rephrase it. <laughs> yeah, kind of like the two opposite ends of uh, of like how old people can express themselves. Like either yeah, like exactly. saying like act everything that's on their mind at all times, whether it's the right or wrong thing, or yeah. like accidentally saying the wrong thing and then having to like backtrack and, and try to cover yeah. up for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah. Was there any um, big reaction to the news that broke yesterday that the election had finally been called um, for Biden? Well, or? basically, um, I think the, the elections, they, they just announced by the media that the final check is going to be in December, right? Like That's when the, so I don't know how familiar you are with the Electoral College. Um, yeah, but when the, like so, uh, all the votes going to be counted, to like, I mean, in December, December is yeah. when the, uh, the electors from the Electoral College go and then yeah. cast their votes and make it official, um, yeah. which I, I mean, I could spend a whole other episode talking about the Electoral College yeah, and I yeah, won't put yeah. you or the massive, massive audience that this podcast has yeah. through that, which is a joke. It's like literally my mom and maybe one other person. Hi, mom. Um, but uh, so that's technically when it will become official when the electors yeah. from the Electoral College go like, forward. Yeah. And then in January is when um, Biden will actually be um, inaugurated. So yeah, assuming yeah, yeah, yeah. like, I don't know, people were like, oh, it's finally done. And like, I just have this thought in my head, like, it's not done yet. Like Trump has mentioned, like, he's going to call for recounts. He's going to push. Yeah, exactly. He, he, I like Trump to, I'm going to fight back. Like, I really like to hope that like the things that are in place, like prevent things from going another way. But I also feel like it's been proven that like the unpredictable can happen and this guy has done unprecedented thing after unprecedented thing and so yeah. until, until Biden has taken office and even then it's like this was like what like getting Trump out of office was like an important step like something that I really wanted to happen but like I don't think Biden and Harris are like the the magic like solution to like every problem and there's still a lot of things that need to get solved and I think a worry is that people are just going to be so happy that Trump is gone, that the like 
kind of like yeah. fight for yeah. the issues is going to die down a little bit. It seems like it's um, the 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 mood in America is like we want anyone, but not Trump. <laughs> I mean, that was, you're not really wrong in that. And I think it's important to also say that that's the mood for a little over half of America, because as you saw in the election results, like a whole lot of people still voted for Trump. So, um, exactly. So, Pretty much, yeah. and, and that's the other important thing to remember. It's like, okay, yeah, we got quote unquote our guy. Like Biden was not my yeah. choice from like the slew of, of Democratic candidates. Um, yeah. So yeah. as soon as he entered the race, it was like, okay, well, obviously that's going to be who ends up getting the nomination. But um, it, it's like, okay, so our, our guy's in office, but it's still a lot of people here in this country that like are Trump loyalists and uh, on I was watching Saturday Night Live from last night and during Weekend Update they're like and now he's gonna be gone and we don't ever have to hear from him again and I'm like on what planet like he still has a Twitter like he he came to power during Obama's presidency by like claiming he wasn't from here and a bunch of people jumped on that bandwagon and those people are still on the bandwagon and he still has his Twitter so we're not gonna not hear from him anymore like all the man's don't ever take up all the air in there yeah yeah I mean I mean Trump is a a bit like a self-made person like and uh, it's, um, I mean I think the the being of a president is probably one of his like achievements like tick yeah. that's like agreed he's like now my my business is all benefited and it kind of sucks that they yeah, I mean, that I haven't paid any taxes I guess I'll have to deal with that issue later yeah 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 yeah, well, that's that's usually where I like to round out. Do you want to, I keep forgetting to ask people to do this, but I think it's okay because not everybody has a really beautiful photography Instagram like you do, but do you want to plug your your Instagram work or is there um, other anything else that you want to shout out while you have, like I said, this incredibly massive platform? <laughs> <laughs> well, you obviously can um, um, promote me on my Instagram, so um, yeah. And people can subscribe and and see what the real life in a country of Borat is. Exactly. Take a a look at the real Almaty, the real Kazakhstan. Um, Alex always posts very cool um, videos and photos from his bike trips. You take a lot of really cool little... uh... Yeah, trying to be more active in that, yeah. (laughs) And how far outside of the city do you go for the mountain biking that you do? Well, yesterday, it wasn't far, like, let's say, like a... Round trip like sixty miles, okay. like thirty there, thirty back. But um, do yeah, you Kazakhstan use miles is, there, or do you use kilometers? No, we we use kilometers. But it's, you, it's you, you did me a favor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you um, want like kind of a yeah break your brain what? like in terms of calculating. <laughs> what side of the road do you drive on? Uh, the same like in America. Okay. Um, <laughs> And and you speak Russian. You're always posting things with Russian. But is there another Kazakh language as well? Yeah, there is like a Kazakh language, but my native language is Russian. Okay, so, is yeah, that I speak Russian? Like, yeah. Is that still the, um, the case, or is there kind of a push to like take back some of your ethnic identity and and teach more Kazakh? Or well, like uh, we we're trying to stress on Kazakh. Like, I mean, the government is trying to, but um, let's say like. Um, 95% of the negotiations in Russian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard like, to make that shift, like when, when yeah, some people speak. Exactly, it. that shift could, should be done like 
in the beginning of the collapse of Soviet Union, mm-hmm. straight from that point. But is the Kazakh language there. very similar to Russian, or is it pretty distinct? No, it's it's a Turkish language, like a okay. Turkish group. So Got it's it. more like yeah, like all this like language group. Russian is Russian, like yeah, different. So um, yeah. Got it. And what do you use a, a form of the ruble, or do you have your own uh, separate currency? Oh, no, we have tenge, tenge. Tenge, okay. I think in Borat, you you heard that phrase. He was. Oh, that yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. It sounds, uh, but it sounds like dengue, like the Russian word for. Money, yeah, yeah, right? dengue, yeah, but it's ten t. That's from uh-huh. t, tom. Got it. So, and, uh, yeah. Um, as far as the travel restrictions and everything, that's like your borders are effectively closed, or are you just making a responsible decision not to to travel around? Um, we do have. I mean, our borders are open to some countries. I mean, where we can go to, like it's like Turkey or Dubai, like United Emirates, and I think Maldives now. Okay. But it's only the kind of if you're gonna go by plane. But if you want to cross the border overland, it's locked. You can't okay. go out from Kazakhstan. So it's like Kyrgyzstan, like which is next door. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they open, they have open borders. Like, I mean, you can come in, but we can't get out from Kazakhstan. Our people won't let us mm-hmm. uh, leave the country unless if you have like a special case, like your permission or like a need like mm-hmm. that you have like leave the country. And when people come in from other places, are they subjected to a quarantine of any kind or do they just um, have to show I that they've taken a test think, or something? I think right now, like they, they, they are like a, they should have like a CPR test, um, coronavirus test, and also if they don't have it, I think they 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 are tested here, and they put in a two days quarantine, and then they uh, if they okay like I mean no sign of a corona they can go further. Got it. Yeah. So when you are able to travel again, where where is your first trip going to be? Ah. Uh, I don't know, like it depends on the currency rate. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> was it when you uh, came to the United States, was it a good um, exchange rate um, or uh, was, it, was that a, a it, it pricey was, trip? It, it, it wasn't great, but now it's worse. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so let's, say, let's say it was bad, but now it's worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. you had such a, uh, like you went to the Grand Canyon. Oh, actually, we didn't say what your Instagram handle was. It's adventure underscore inside, right? Or is it adventurer? Yeah. yeah. Adventurer are in the end, yeah. Okay, adventurer underscore inside. And yeah, you'd have to scroll back in it, but you had some really cool stuff from um, like the Grand Canyon and like you got some drone yeah, footage and stuff. I have some kind of a pictures from America. I might post them in the recent future. <laughs> just need to um, go back and flashback. <laughs> was that your first time that you were here? Uh, yeah, yeah. And how that did it how favorite. did it compare to the way that you know Borat presented America? <laughs> um, well, <laughs> America, expectations America exceeded. Is <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, before America, uh, I've been to Great Britain. Uh-huh. So, our, like that probably was my kind of a a sample of um, what America might be look like. Uh-huh. But uh, my my first um, let's say first meet with America was in New York okay. and New York I found is um, a bit like <laughs> not the best place 
success with probably. <laughs> yeah, so I guess maybe it's similar yeah. to when I when I went to India and started in Calcutta and it yeah, was like yeah, everything yeah. about India like in my face all the time. It was like it's like okay, like we maybe could have like taken a little baby step into India and not like thrown ourselves right off of, off the yeah, deep end yeah, into yeah. the most and crazy another place. Thing, like, um, basically we like people who live in this part of the world we get in america like from tv basically from movies mm-hmm. or tv shows or like some tv series like uh can be different ones and over there you only see the good part of america <laughs> <laughs> only only the most beautiful places people like like lifestyle oh it depends and, what shows you watch you haven't seen shameless apparently <laughs> well well it's it's um yeah it's, <laughs> and also like in the tv series like um they show in only like point a and point b but what is between they never show that yeah like um but in america if you just walk around the streets you can see a lot of different things mm-hmm. which are good and which are really shocking Okay. What were some of the yeah. things that shocked you? Well, I've been to like San Francisco, like, and my friend, like we'd driven through Tenderloin block. And that was like a, a shocking place to go through. Like, I mean, it was like lots of homeless people, mm-hmm. drug addicted, and some mental people like who's um, basically talking to the, to the, and traffic light or like mm, just mm. discussing the life with them like and uh, all these yeah. different things which you never ever see in Kazakhstan by the way um is that because there's like more of a crackdown on where homeless people can well, assemble I or... can tell you I can tell you that in the whole America I think by statistics you have like a like a 40 40 million people like uh, homeless people there's a large in Kazakhstan, population. In Kazakhstan, we have like a 80 million population. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's so, things in perspective. <laughs> so by that, yeah, we don't have like so many people. Like, I mean, like, like probably if you're going to come here, you, you will never ever face the homeless person here. Yeah. Maybe you might face him, but you won't even guess that he might be homeless. <laughs> Got it. But there you just, yeah, you just see that. Uh, you can meet it everywhere, like, and that's like the shocking thing for us, like. Right, and especially in a place like California, like it got so expensive like to in, live there so fast. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I think that's what's happening in a lot of big cities around here. Just that um, it's impossible to find. Yeah, yeah. Um, America is like um, like a get rich or die trying, like <laughs> just I mean, maybe in some cases it's gonna be really... like like that. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's a bit different. I mean, America is um it's a country of uh, challenges. Yeah. And uh, you can pop up, or you might just be on the same line all the time, mm-hmm. or America might break you, and you're gonna go down, like and end up in on a Venice beach in the best way, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and and I think that that is why someone like Kamala Harris becoming vice president is again, even if I do have issues with her history as the attorney general of California and a lot of people who are in prison because of decisions that she made and everything, but um, she represents a lot of the hope and opportunity that people want to be able to see in America that the daughter of Jamaican and um, Indian immigrants can go on to be the vice president of the country, and that's 
that's why people are attracted to America and that's why people believe in America and, and uh, like uh, it's, it's definitely the America that like I want to be able to to believe in and, and support. Um, that, that's pretty great but um, I might disagree a bit that in terms that uh, politicians they can play filthy games like I mean terms <laughs> like I mean it's not like gonna be um, whatever they saying is like truth so whatever like is um, politicians are saying it might be a nice um, sweet for your ears <laughs> but uh, it, it won't be ever usable in the real life I mean yeah I mean I think it's more like for the Western world like to see the samples like that which inspiring and kind of a uh, starting this little spark in your brain, which is going to be a flame in the in the future time. But um, there is a two sides of a medal, like yeah, absolutely. No, that could not be more true. Um, oh yeah, and then <laughs> the only other question that I had about America is like how obnoxious was like any time you told people you were from Kazakhstan, were they just like instantly quoting Borat at you? Like I feel like that probably had to. Well, <laughs> I haven't been like in, in like in a contact like with people like uh, in terms like they were asking me where I'm from, but because um, by my face you can't say that I'm from Kazakhstan. They probably thought like, you were Mexican. Like kinda, yeah, probably, yeah. They 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 would never ever like I mean uh, guess where I'm from originally. Yeah. So um, and whenever oh, yeah, whenever I'm saying Kazakhstan. If if people like watched Borat in the beginning, like, I mean, yeah, they just uh, they're probably gonna have a connection with that. Uh, if not, you're just trying to explain them where Kazakhstan is. To them. <laughs> Honestly, even if they've seen Borat, probably explaining to them where Kazakhstan is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm not like offended when they say oh Borat. Like I mean, uh, it's like I'm not offended by that. Um, oh, not not like that it's offensive, just that like I imagine it would get annoying. Like, no, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, uh, other people when they um, kind of uh, they so proud to be from Kazakhstan, and when like uh, other people like, oh, I've seen Borat, like, and like, just I know what Kazakhstan is, yeah, and they offended by that meaning. Oh, okay. uh, but um, I think it depends. You just you need to uh, kind of a. Uh, Kind of a gently fight back in terms of like just um, <laughs> tell them what Kazakhstan is and what Borat was about, like, and I yeah. just uh, kind of uh, give them a little bit um, excursion into the yeah. into the the whole like the whole like picture like about Kazakhstan. You're like an ambassador. Like yeah, kind of a uh, yeah, just um, teach people like uh, and um, give them a bright. Um, vision about that yeah well cool i hope that uh your appearance on the show can can be part of that <laughs> <laughs> at least at least my mom who will probably listen at one point will learn a little bit more about kazakhstan <laughs> yeah, yeah sure <laughs> all righty well um if that is all from you thank you so much uh for, uh, no for the worries. conversation Welcome. it was great to um to catch up and to hear about your your life and your experience and hopefully our paths can cross again someday when when travel isn't so yeah, restricted yeah yeah that, that <laughs> should be yeah i got some places to go to america so um and i got like a 10 10 years valid visa which oh, is nine cool. years now 
So, yeah. <laughs> well, New Orleans is um is always a very interesting and exciting place for for people yeah, to whole visit. America, whole America is very unique. Yeah, and, uh, well, but especially New Orleans. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna note that on my list. <laughs> All righty. Well, thanks also for staying up till 1 a.m. with me. Um, this is the first call that I've had to navigate a 12-hour time difference, so I, I'm, I'm glad you're a night owl. <laughs> Get some sleep before school. It's a school night, man. <laughs> yeah, I have to wake up like, um, well, like in a in a five hours. Oh my god! Five hours, thirty minutes. So well, then yeah. you better you better get to bed. <laughs> all right, I got used to it. So um. Yeah. All righty. Well, have a good night. Um, I'll catch up with you soon and let all you right. know when it's posted. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Suspedanya. All right, y'all. Right, thanks so much for joining. Uh, please check us out on Instagram at Pod and on Twitter at RonaConnectsPod. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening or watching on, and I'll catch you next week.